0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer here in studio with Jeff Cohen, back with you on 610 AM ESPN Radio, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can join us at 888-728-9941. Jeff, what a crazy week, jam-packed show. The Sixers are, or the Eagles are 10-1 heading out west for two games. Good news. The Flyers continue to struggle and we will seek answers from our first guest momentarily. Bad news. The college football carousel is spinning out of control with the Tennessee dumpster fire burning out of control right now.
1: The athletic director was just like, go <laughs> we, <laughs> as
0: we, we speak. We will talk more about that in the second segment. And the Sixers had an up-and-down week but finished November at 12-9. and nine. Ben Simmons is the player of the month. And so we'll get into what we saw from them, including a little domination from LeBron earlier in the
1: week. In the meantime, I'd like to put out an APB on Jaleel Okafor. Just to see if somebody in the city can find him. We should offer like a prize. If somebody can find <laughs> Jaleel Okafor. And that includes in the Sixers stadium. <laughs> this bothers you. It, it's like it really, it really bothers you. I, I don't miss him, but I find it bizarre that the poor guy was the third pick in the draft. He's not horrible, by the way. Hey, if you put him out there, he'll score 15, 20 points. He just won't defend anybody. Well and then why
0: don't you ask our guest whether he'd rather talk about the struggles of the Flyers or where Julia for is.
1: So do we have Sam Carchetti with us?
2: Hi guys, I'm here.
1: Hey, how you doing?
2: I'm doing well. How how about you?
1: Okay, but before we get to the Flyers, do you want to try? Do you know where Julio Locofor is today? <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, I
2: really don't. He uh <laughs> Jeff is so bothered is probably, by it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's probably uh, the same place where, uh, you know, Jordan Wheel's goals are missing. So, uh, Well,
0: you you took the first shot, so I'm just going to ask, what is going on with the Flyers right now?
2: Yeah, well, you know what? It, it, it's funny. Ron Hextel the other day took a, a lot of abuse for saying, you know, that, that he thought they were playing pretty well. And I have to agree with him. It, and that uh, does not include the last game when they were awful against St. Jose.
1: Well, I, I, but, I, uh, I agree. Sam, I agree that the first two – if the game were two periods long <laughs> – I think they're pretty good.
2: <laughs> yeah, but they as you know, they've been outscored 14 to 2 after the second period during this nine game losing streak and uh uh you know and, and it's not only that you can point to the defense and say well they're young, they're taking their lumps and they are making some mistakes, but you know some of the veterans, Jake Borjeck has made a co- couple sloppy defensive plays that have hurt them and uh Shane Goss Bear, who who's not a, you know, grizzled veteran, but he's been around two and a half years now. You know, he's made some defensive mistakes, and, and, uh, you know, they have to get their act together. And, uh, uh, I, I don't think they're as bad as they've looked over the last three weeks. Just like last year, they won 10 in a row, and I don't think any of us thought they were as good as they looked. Uh, they were getting a lot of bounces. Now they're not getting any bounces. I mean, they hit four posts in one period the other night in a loss, and, uh, you know, it's just yeah. You, know, you hate to say it's bad luck, but it, it that's part of it. Uh, but you know what? Before the season started, I I thought they were a bubble playoff team, and that's what they are. They're a bubble playoff team. And I'm, I wrote about this for Sunday uh, coming up that uh, you know they are what we thought they would be. They're, they're going to be in the mix, but they'll be they'll have to play above their heads a little bit to get in the playoffs. But they're gaining experience. And uh, the guys in the minor leagues and the guys that are in junior are playing very well. Carter Hart is playing lights out. The goalie who will be their goalie, the future probably in two years, they hope, you know, he's playing lights out. So, you know, there are a lot of good things going on right now. And you can't focus on this nine game losing streak because, uh, you know, they're gaining experience. And and this team was not a Stanley cup contender this year by any stretch of imagination. I don't think anybody thought they would be. And, uh, You know, they've had a couple guys missing. Ratko Gudis hurt them uh, with a dumb penalty and a 10-game suspension. As a result, their their, uh, PK has been horrendous. McDonald was out for 15 games. They won two of those. So, you know, you add all this up, and that's why you see uh, a team that uh, is at the bottom of the Metro Division right now.
1: See, now, Sam, what, what I heard through all of that was, trust the process. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff
2: is well, not, you do. Jeff's I, not yeah, patient you're joking, anymore. It, yeah, yeah you're, you're joking, but it's true. I, I really believe in that. I, You know, Hexall has done a great job with the draft. The trades, you know, were still out. The jury's still out on that. The, even the Brayden Shen trade, everybody is serious about that right now. But, you know, Morgan Frost is just tearing up. Uh, junior right now he's the number one pick they got this year, a smaller center with great speed, and they're still going to get a number one pick, probably somebody in the twenties like twenty four in there from St Louis in the twenty eighteen draft so you know it's it's too early i know I know some people i talk to are are saying that this trade is as bad and as one sided as the trade in nineteen ninety five when the flyers got John leclair. And uh, Eric Desjardins from Montreal. I, I think it's way too early uh, to say that. Could it turn into that? It could. I mean, Shen is playing unbelievably well, and it makes you wonder why Dave Hackel didn't use him more at center. Uh, but let, let's wait a little bit. Let's let's uh, put on the brakes that this is, you know, a horrible trade. We we won't know unfortunately for about four years. Uh, whether this trade is going to work out or not.
1: Yeah, uh, see the pro the problem with hockey is you, right now you see Braden Shen's currently tied for sixth in the NHL in points playing for the Blues, and, and for for Flyers fans it's not like it's hard enough when it's minor league baseball where people can go and see them. Right now, what you're talking about Frost, who's playing where?
2: He's in the Ontario Hockey yeah. League right now. And
1: where's Car- Jeff, and where's, Jeff will be going out there this weekend yeah. to catch a game. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to Toronto <laughs> at the end of the month. And, and, and where and where's Carter Hart playing?
2: Carter Hart's playing in the Western Hockey League, right?
1: Yeah. See, so, so it, it, he, it,
2: but you will you will get a chance at least to see Carter Hart because the uh, the World Juniors are coming up and and uh, you know and they're they're televised. You'll be able to see every, a lot of him in that. And and uh, but I, I I get your point. Every You're time really, I see Carter Hart.
0: Every time I see Carter Hart on TV, I get both excited and depressed. Excited about what potentially could happen and depressed that it's not going to happen for another two years. So
1: it's Yeah, at, at least if yeah, they were in yeah, we Lehigh get- Valley, it, people could go see them and it, they'd, they'd have something to look forward to. Now it's, it's trust the process, but you have no idea because these kids are playing in these leagues that nobody ever sees.
2: Yeah, you will see Carter Hart with the Phantoms next year. He, he was underage this year and unable to play there, but he'll he'll play there next year and the and the hope is that, you know, he'll be ready. Which and goes, you got guys like Rat Ratcliffe and and uh you know Bunaman, guys that are uh, gonna be power forwards in this league that uh, you know, I I, I I like the process right now. I think it's it's going okay. <laughs> and it's a shame that they're going through this losing streak. They were just four four and one during the last nine games. People everybody would, feel everybody would be Yeah, everybody would feel differently say, Hey, they're on course, you know, they're just out of the playoffs but uh, but when you lose nine in a row, uh, you know people are upset. And of course, they're they're yelling for Dave Haxtell's head, well, and uh, I, and, uh, and that's what I wanted. To say do, I,
0: I wanted to ask you about Haxtell. So after the the loss the other night, where they really did not look good at home against San Jose, uh, Giroux apparently held a closed door meeting with the team. What's the reaction of the team on the fire Haxtell chance, and and what are your thoughts on the calls for that to happen?
2: Well, I can understand the fans' frustration, believe me. And, uh, you know, that game uh, that game was not a microcosm of, of what we've seen in the previous eight games. You know, they, they just uh, sleepwalked through that game, and it was their fifth game. I'm i am not here to make excuses, but it was their fifth game in eight nights. They're playing on back-to-back nights, and the uh, fans are frustrated. And, and Hackstall he has made some questionable moves. I, I can understand the frustration. I'm, I mean, in that game alone, he played uh, – Two big wingers, Dale Weiss, uh, who really hasn't done much at all in the two years here, and uh, Gary LaTerra played, and and LaTerra has played 16 games, has no goals. Does he survive Uh, this? Um, We'll see. I I wrote the other day that I think that the next six weeks will tell us if he survives. If the young guys uh, like Travis Konechny and, and Jordan Wheel don't get on track and some of the other guys don't develop, You know, then I think uh, Ron Hextall may consider it. But, you know, I think he's safe for a while. I mean, things would really have to fall, you know, off the table. I mean, uh, even more than you see right now. Uh, But, you know, I I don't think he's automatically safe. But I think he has a, a longer leash just because Ron Hextall is the guy that picked him. Ron Hextall went out on a limb to get a guy who, you know, never coached at any level in the NHL. So he, you know, he put his uh, head out there. So he, he is going to wait longer, I think, with him than he would with uh, another coach. And the other thing working in Hack'sol's favor, and my colleague Bob Ford wrote about this in today's inquiry, the fact that <laughs> Ed Snyder is no longer here, you know, rest his soul, a great guy and a, and a person who had more passion for the Flyers than anybody. Uh, if he was here, you know, I think there would be pressure to maybe do something, uh, but because you know Ed is no longer around, and I think the Flyers will be more patient than they have been in the past. So, do you do you, um,
1: do you think that they're going to continue to be patient with Elliot Neuver? Is is, is Stolarz close to coming back?
2: He is not. Uh, you know, he hasn't even skated, and uh, uh, you know, I, the feeling I get every time I ask Ron Hextall about him is. Uh, he really doesn't have an answer. He just says that not close yet, not close yet uh, to even skating. So I, I kind of think that they, if they get a – if the Phantoms get maybe a month or or two out of him this year, uh, they would feel fortunate. So, uh, but, but to me, Michael Neuvers, you know, he's been up and down lately, but his whole body of work, he's been okay. And Elliot, you look at his numbers and you say, well, he's been awful. That's not the case. I mean, uh, it's hard to say a guy played well when he gave up five goals, but he did in Pittsburgh tonight. He saw fifty-two shots, and uh, so I don't think the goaltending is. It, it may sound funny to say that, but I don't think the goaltending has been that bad. Well, El- Elliot been a little better than average. Yeah, yeah
1: but Elliot's thirtieth in save percentage and thirty-first in goals against average.
2: I, yeah, I'm... but again, again, it's misleading when you look at what he, the defense is, you know, what the defense has done in front of him. Made forty-seven saves the other night. Some of them were spectacular. And there, he gave there's up been five a lot goals. of.
0: I've been frustrated by the bad tone, turnovers. Not even by the rookies, but I mean, you mentioned Voracek's turnover. They've had them in all stages of the game, overtime. I mean, you just have giveaways where, I mean, the goalie has no shot. Yeah, the goal is going to count against mm-hmm. them. And uh, believe me, I, I'd like to see the goalies playing even better and their rankings better. Yeah, there's a lot but of it's, mental. It's lapses. slightly, it's slightly misleading their numbers. They're being held accountable for a lot of mental mistakes by this team. Uh, my last question for you. Uh, what other changes are they going to make? Are they going to break up this core with you know Voracek and Drew? Jeff had called as said last year, he thinks that that somebody's going to have to go for something to really change. Do you think that they're getting to that point?
2: I think that that could happen. I, I don't think it'll happen with the, with the guys on the first line. I think it could happen with Wayne Simmons because Simmons has another year to go, and he's you know I think his uh, cap hit is like three point nine three. Uh, and uh, he has another year left. So he would be a very, very valuable player for a team. And and Wayne, unfortunately, has been battling for injuries all year, foot, uh, knee, his mouth. Uh, So we have not seen the real Wayne Simmons. He started out great, and then he had three injuries in a row in about a a 10-day period, and he's been a shell of himself. But if he can get going, uh, I would not be surprised. If uh, they put them on the market, uh, you know, in, in say five or six weeks, if it looks like they have no playoff shot, uh, if they do uh, have a playoff shot, if they if they bounce back, then they, then they may be a little hesitant. But uh, uh, you know, Simmons could bring them a lot of pieces for the future, a lot of draft picks, and uh, and probably a couple good prospects as well. He, you know, don't forget, he was one of the premier power fours in the entire NHL last year. And he really has been for the last uh, four or five years.
1: So, Sam, before you mentioned that uh, the Flyers were playing a lot of back-to-backs, I hear you're doing a lot of back-to-backs going around uh, touting your book. Yeah, we're going to get your signature next. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, we'll actually be at the uh, – Lou Nolan and I, uh, thanks for mentioning Lou Nolan and I will be at the uh, Barnes & Noble and Plymouth meeting on Saturday night, tomorrow night from uh, 5.30 to 7.30. We've been to Willow Grove. Uh, we've been to Cherry Hill. We've been all over the place. We'll be in Moorstown, Deptford, Woodbury Heights, New Jersey. Uh, yeah, we, we did one at the, uh, Wells Fargo Center before game. We'll be back at the Wells Fargo Center as well. So Jeff, next uh, week,
0: he'll be standing yeah. outside your house, signing autographs for your
2: neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we've man- had a good time. Lou, yeah. Lou is, Lou is the best Lou Nolan. For those who don't know, I'm sure everybody does that, you know, he's been with the Flyers since their inception. This is his fifth, 51st year actually with the Flyers. And, uh, Nobody has been with the team longer. I don't think anybody's been with any team in the history of sports. <laughs> there are lots of teams that aren't it. that lo- that
1: old. That's amazing. <laughs> right,
2: right. Connie Connie Mack was 50 years. You know, Rich Ashburn was with the Phillies as a broadcaster and a player. I'd have to go back to see how many years. But Larry Bowe, uh if you include him as a player and a manager and a coach, he was there a long time. Merle Reese with the Eagles. Uh, Harvey Powell probably would have the record, I would think. Now I think of it with the – 76ers. But Lou's a, got
0: stories to tell. Jeff, we'll have to stop by and meet them at a signing one day.
1: Yeah, or maybe you can come here and do a <laughs> signing in studio, you and Lou. <laughs>
2: we love we love it. We love it, believe so, it. Sounds good. All thanks right. for
1: coming on, Sam.
2: Alright, thanks for the time. Have go a good one. I,
1: I don't know what to say about the Flyers. You I, can't I, have I, patience,
0: Kenny. You, you're you done trusting processes. Well, well,
1: no, but... The as, Sixers
0: have just destroyed your ability to trust
1: processes. No, but I, but I will tell you, I mean, Sam's saying things that do make me feel better, they're just hard to see. Your your it, problem is Sam's being rational. Well no you, you no my, you my, my don't problem like is, that right no now. My, my, it's not a problem but <laughs> Sam knows a lot more than us because but look, if you look at the other major sports in in basketball you get to see the younger players. You're now either seeing them in the G. No, you're league right. I mean, you're not you're going out
0: to Western Canada to see right. You know, players I mean, in the. I league. mean, I
1: have to tell you, I, I, every once in a while, I'll look at the, what the Phantom's uh, stats are to see how Sam Marin's doing, and I see these two goalies. I don't know who they are, and I keep going, "Where's Carter?" Well, and Hart? the problem's
0: worse for you because you're the guy that goes to the minor league. So yes. you're not even that like sports guy that only sees the major teams. You you given the opportunity go to the minor league yeah, game. And, so you and, don't and get I, that. And with, I
1: got criticized for how patient I've been with the Phillies because I get to go see the guys in the minor. So it's
0: funny that you say that because you admit now you're with the Phillies, but yeah. because you can't see it, right. it doesn't seem like you have that patience with the Flyers.
1: Okay, so are, are you... If if I had told you, as opposed to Sam, who actually knows stuff. If, if I don't I had, believe if much I, of what you tell right. me. If, if I had told you before this, by the way, Carter Hart is just killing it, but he's in Western so Ontario playing with a bunch of teenagers. I, I've
0: decided that until Carter Hart or another goalie is here he with a the Flyers, no, that's, name, that's legitimate. Yeah. I don't believe the Flyers are for real. Right. I mean, look. The other Same day, I, jo- I the other day I posted after the Flyers lost to San Jose that we were going to have Sam on, and yeah. if anybody had thoughts or questions, and the only thing I got was a snarky response of, "Can Ron Hextall play goalie?" That's where people are at he this probably point. Could. They just don't believe it's real. You yeah. keep hearing that it's coming, it's coming, and you just don't believe it is.
1: Right. Well, and, and the other problem the Flyers have is it's been 40 years of it's coming. I mean, they, they've been in this mediocre spot, except for a few years, especially when Hextall was there. You've had this mediocrity where they finish seventh or eighth and make the playoffs or for like the, for the last five years, they haven't made the playoffs.
0: Let's talk for a few minutes about the process that you sure. did trust with the Sixers.
1: I'm not so sure. I'm not. I'm not going to go back and revisit history. I probably didn't pr- trust it that much. No, you
0: ahead. weren't. You weren't completely trusting of the process. No, I was skeptical. You were skeptical. Yeah. You skeptical? Never. Never. I'm shocked. Uh-uh. Okay, so were you at the LeBron game the other night? No. No. We. Mm. What game were you at last week?
1: I was at the game uh,
0: last Saturday. You were at the Golden State game, right? Yes. Uh huh. Okay. What are your thoughts on what you're seeing with the Sixers right now? You've got Ben Simmons as the player of the month in November.
1: Yeah, who can't shoot free throws? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's talk about hack of ben for a second.
1: That, that was, if I was at that game, I'd want my money back. You mean
0: Adam Silver, the commissioner, being at that well, game?
1: Well, that was the best part. Yes. The fact that Adam Silver had to sit through that, then maybe he'll sit there and say, this is insane. You, can, you cannot have them saying, we're just going to hack Ben. He was nowhere near the basketball. He, and and But I have a question for you, and I know I'm the way. You asked the, the this lawyer. the other night. Yeah. How is this not I an know. intentional uh, foul? Exactly. You texted me. There is an intentional foul on the books. If somebody fouls somebody on the other side of the court who's not anywhere by the ball, it's intentional. I don't see if why you want to give him 14- two
0: shots to miss automatically. <laughs> no,
1: because then they get the ball back.
0: In fairness, yeah. he shot better towards the end of the game. He was like 6 of 8 or 7 of 8 with the shots. and. All right. His reaction after the game for a young player is what you want. Well, I guess it just means I have to start making those shots. Yes, that was a professional response. So I looked at that as a positive as much as I could. Maybe I'm just the optimist there. Mm -hmm. I like young players to go through struggles when they're young. Mm -hmm. So when they're veterans, they have experience. So I'd rather him get it out of his system yeah, but, now. Yeah, but, he, but he's got a problem with his foul shot. He doesn't set up. He resets after he lines up. I heard somebody earlier talking about where he puts his left foot, the movement no, no. he has.
1: If you if you watch him shoot his free throws, it's all arms. There is no bending of the knees. There's no using the lower body. There's no arc on it. It's literally he throws it towards the rim, and it, 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 there's like very little arc on it as it's going. This is something that can easily be fixed. And it amazes me the number of professional basketball players that don't practice free throws.
0: Before we had the break and then come back and talk some college football, how about the uh, block by Embiid to the feed to Simmons, back to Embiid for the dunk? Is that not something you want to see for the next 10 years? I want to see for the next
1: 20 I years mean, if I mean, It's exciting.
0: Yeah. It makes you feel like you what you waited for was worthwhile at, at mm-hmm. parts to see things like that. Um, then you see Embiid not in the game last night for load maintenance, yes, whatever they're they're <laughs> calling that. They're just
1: not playing him at back. T- you know, uh, my my son was sitting there saying, "I can't believe I don't get to see Embiid tonight." And all I'm thinking is, did you think he was going to be healthy this far into the season? I he's no. played
0: more minutes in the games than I thought. He's played in more games than I thought. He's so, played better than I thought. So
1: from that standpoint, Ben Simmons, I didn't, I Simmons, I didn't worry about that.
0: Embiid, I I
1: wasn't sure what we were going to get, and he's been. Better than advertised. But the 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 last question is is if you know Embiid's not playing and you actually have another first you got to close with
0: Okafor. Why are you so?
1: And I'm not a fan of his. No. But 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 I don't understand why if you have him on the roster and your starting center is not playing you got a guy who can score 20 I points i said i don't game.
0: understand i mean how can you devalue an asset any more than not bring them when your player is not playing it's not possible uh, yeah i don't think it's it really
1: possible.
3: isn't
0: all right let's head to break when we come back we've got mark narducci to talk some college football with us stick with us
3: are you looking for a lifeline verizon new jersey shares communication lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in new jersey those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at one 888 Three 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 nine, or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember you must be a Verizon residential landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family.
0: Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. And we're back. This is the Heart of Sports on 610 AM. I'm Jason Springer here with Jeff Cohen. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call at 888-728-9941. Jeff, this is one of the more fun weekends in college football. Conference championships start tonight, Stanford against USC. Will you be watching?
1: Not that one. I'll be watching If Saturday Michigan tonight.
0: doesn't play, you don't care, do you? No, I do care. I just don't <laughs> care about the Pac-12. Well, why don't you introduce our guest who's here to drop a little knowledge on what's actually going on in the world of college football.
1: So now we have Mark Nartucci of the Philadelphia Inquirer. How you doing? Good. I'm doing
4: great, guys.
0: Mark, are you as excited for this weekend of college football as I am?
4: Well, I'm excited because uh, to know when finally know where Temple's going to be in its bowl game, which probably my level of excitement's a lot different than <laughs> most people who are worried about the national championship. But yeah, you got to make travel per- plans. This is for personal interests and everything. Well, I don't don't know if they're going to go to Hawaii. I don't know if I'll be able to make that one, but uh, we'll are see. Are you
1: kidding me? That's the one I would go to. <laughs> well, you pay your own way on that one.
4: <laughs> right. No, right. don't say that on the air. So, so let's ask, we just have a we just have a story that I've just updated through talking to sources that it's probably gonna be among four bowls that they're that are looking at Temple right now, and it's pretty crazy. So So tell us what they yeah, are. Hawaii, Hawaii's one of them.
0: Yeah, I was just I was just actually reading that story, and we had Coach Collins on before the start of the season. What are your thoughts on how his first season's gone and of those four bowl games, where do you think it's most likely they end up from what you're
4: hearing? Well, I'm getting more and more Hawaii rumblings they don't want to go there they don't have as much of a choice uh, you know uh because uh, there were there were six teams in their in their league that had a better record and and the better records you get the better choices um i i I think if they had their choice, they'd want to go to the bowl in St Petersburg, Florida, and that one still still remains a possibility but there there might even be one of, one that isn't that I didn't list that that comes in there because their their conference has other affiliations with the Liberty Bowl and it's it just gets pretty confusing. But I mean, if I had to say, I'd say St. Petersburg, but Hawaii it looks like you know also could be a possibility.
0: What are your thoughts on Jeff Collins' first season with the team based on what you saw? I the thought they
4: made a nice comeback. I thought that. Uh, they kind of bungled that whole quarterback situation early on, uh, dragging it out the way they did. But I thought they made a nice comeback, and I thought that he never lost the team. I thought they played hard. They won three out of four. They beat a good Navy team uh, to get bowl eligible, and they should have beaten Army. I mean, they, you know, they allow the game-tying score with one second left in regulation on a 16-yard pass against a triple option team that just passed its way down the field against them. Uh, and then they lost in overtime. So, And then they lost the Connecticut game where they uh, threw a pick six. So if you take those, and you can't take those away, they lost them. But they, they you could very well see a legitimate eight and four, which is what I had predicted. Um, so I think they learned a lot and everything like that. I think they'll be better in their second year, but I thought he laid a good foundation. I think he has the whole players behind him, and the ones that aren't won't be here next year. It's as simple as that.
0: Can we talk a little bit about the crazy coaching carousel that started very early this year? Um, I've been following the Tennessee dumpster fire with special interest. Um, What has surprised you, uh, be it Jimbo Fisher's now $75 million contract, Mike Sumlin's $60 million buyout to go away from there? chip kelly out to ucla what's what surprised you and and what else should we look for here
4: well the first thing that surprised me was ucla buying out jim moore for twelve million dollars now that you know twelve million dollars is still a lot i don't care if you're ucla i don't care if you're me you know that that's a lot so i was i was a little bit surprised and that showed that they really really want to want to get into this uh the football range um but nothing in coaching really surprises me. These guys, you know, they always go for the next offer. And uh, uh, the NCAA rules, uh, the, the people who get knocked the most are the student athletes. Uh, is, they have to stay there. They have to be bound by their contracts, and the coaches don't have to be. So
1: Is is the Jimbo Fisher just about money? Because when I look at it, I go, he's got a great situation in Florida State. Why would you go to Texas A&M? Where it's going to be harder to win.
4: Well, Jimbo Fisher hasn't had Florida State up there in the last couple of years either. You know, I know he's won a national title, but it's been a while. So, wh- whatever. There, you know, the ACC is not easy. But you're right. The the SEC and you're knocking heads with the likes of Alabama is tough. I don't know. $75 million is a lot of money to lure anybody somewhere, <laughs> right? isn't it? I'd take I mean,
0: 75000000 million. I'd take $12 million to be told to go away, too, when we're talking about it.
4: Yeah. I mean, here's what these guys, you you wonder, you know, I mean, they should be set for life, and it's. Uh, I think a lot of it's just got to be ego.
0: Yeah, I mean, someone at Texas A&M had a $10 million buyout that was due in 60 days, so that they could go after Jimbo Fisher and you mentioned the players uh the quarterback Francois for Florida State tweeted no text no call no anything and and you're right you know the players are left behind the coach recruits them there and all of a sudden they're now stuck with the school and they're on coaches onto something else he's on to the next gig
4: yeah it's just it's it's just not a fair system The, the coaches want loyalty and and at the first offer they they get up and go and you know it's it's just a, it's a tough situation
0: have you ever seen anything like what happened with tennessee in this last week no i mean i mean no i mean look people can have think... opinions about greg kichiano as a coach but what happened here I, i've never seen anything like it
4: <laughs> well you would think that they would have vetted it you know a little bit better <laughs> now apparently they said they knew this they checked it they did all that and i really think the uproar even though people acted like it was a moral uproar, I thought it was because they didn't like him as a coach. I agree with and the, you. And, and I thought it provided their... a great
0: cover for the real reason that they yeah. wanted a John Gruden or some bigger name, and, and Greg Schiano yeah, wasn't they, considered big enough for them.
4: To Tennessee's delusional. They weren't going to ever get John Gruden. I mean, that, that that's – that's silly, you know. Well, they, and, now, and now they're scrambling on a third and fourth and a fifth offer of somebody, you know. And they might have to get an FCS coach. Well, they the time they time fired their athletic so.
0: director, Curly today. It looks like Phil Fulmer. Yeah, Fulmer's and
4: apparently he was being, uh, according to stories, allegedly undermined by Philip Fulmer, who through his undermining got the AD's job. <laughs> uh, how long will it be till Fulmer fi- uh, hires himself as the head coach? You might have I to. Mean, Nobody else
1: is going to take that job.
4: Yeah, it's 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 just 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 a disaster, and it's amazing how many of these south e- southeastern conference teams, uh, Arkansas fired a coach, you know, a a and m. How many of these teams are just getting rid of coaches? It's it's amazing in in the so-called best conference in the country. They,
1: they all they all can't have Nick St- Saban, and that I think that's the problem with the SEC is they're they're constantly chasing Alabama. And they're gonna they're gonna keep dumping coaches until they find the next Nick Saban, which there probably isn't one.
4: Yeah, but I, the other thing is, you know, like Florida, the McIlwain went. Um, those teams in the East, I mean, they don't have to battle Alabama until the championship game, and and they're still having a coaching carousel, and they're just. Firing people too. Although I think Dan Mullen's going to be a very, very solid hire for Florida, and I think he's going to get that program back. I think they're going to be happy with,
0: with that move. There, I heard somebody say something interesting. The amount of money, if you total up, that teams have paid to make coaches go away to try and keep up with Alabama and Nick Saban in the SEC. In it's the last amazing. Few years. You know,
4: you mentioned Texas A&M. You know, a lot of times these coaches, you know. Th- They'll they'll get bought out or or whatever if they have contract left. If they take another job, then that money gets lessened. That's not the case with Sumlin. He's going to get all his money and get a new job. Within 60 days.
0: That was my favorite clause in that contract is that they've got to pony up $10 million in 60 days. It's like, okay. Yeah. I need to write that into my next contract. So
1: apparently, but, tuition's going up. Yeah, when, when I write <laughs> something yeah, like this. And
4: I know, I know people were on Sumlin when they blew that big lead this year against UCLA, but the guy's done a pretty good job. I like you know, Sumlin as a coach. He's, he's gonna end coach, up. coach. He did a good job at Houston. I mean, I, I think he's a solid coach.
0: He's going to end up at a school that's going to be very happy that Um, You know, when the coaching carousel stops, they're going to have a coach that they like there. Well,
4: I'll tell you the coach that I think I'm really high on, and I saw him up close, is Scott Frost of Central Florida. Um, Is he going going back to Nebraska? Well, yeah. I mean, I saw them play Temple this year, and that offense was just unbelievable. What they did, and the tempo, and everything like that, and just how much they improved from. Last year to this year, I remember a year ago Temple beat him at third place when they scored with one second left, you know, on a touchdown. And and how much that team improved. I I think that he he could be a very very big difference maker. Do
1: you think he's going to end up in Nebraska after the season's over?
4: Um, you know, what one would say one would think so. But here's the other thing: um, Willie Taggart apparently after one season at Oregon is now thinking of Florida State, and if Florida State might want to go after Scott Frost, too, and there could be some appeal there. The the
0: dominoes that fall with each decision is fascinating to watch because every coaching uh, vacancy seems to open different doors for more people to move around, which opens more doors for more people to come in.
1: I think that's why Florida State told Jimbo Fisher, hey, listen, you got to make a decision now because we don't want to get stuck with what's going to be left.
0: I've been slightly surprised, and, and you mentioned earlier, Mark, you know, Florida State hasn't played as well recently. It, there doesn't seem to be the backlash from fans for losing Jimbo Fisher there. It's kind of like, oh, thanks for the cheese. Go away.
4: <laughs> you know what? I've, I've never been a big fan. Jimbo Fisher guys, so I, I'm, I'm kind of with that crowd, uh, with that crowd. I mean, if I could trade Scott Frost for Jimbo Fisher, I'd do that in a heartbeat.
0: I've enjoyed watching what Scott Frost did. So let's talk real fast uh, before we let you go. And thanks for joining us about what you think is going to happen this weekend and what we think we're going to see in the, the big championship
4: games. Well, if, if all the favorites, you know win out it'll be Clemson over Miami in in the SEC game Oklahoma winning the the Big 12 game Wisconsin beating although they're not a favorite but Wisconsin I think will will beat Ohio Ohio State. Uh, state. That and makes have Jeff the happy. O- he's
0: a Michigan alum. Anytime Ohio and then you state have the loses, winner of the
4: happy. Auburn-Georgia game that, that'll go. So, I mean, if you're Alabama, you're certainly rooting for Oklahoma to lose, uh, and you're rooting for Wisconsin to lose. And then, then chaos could really happen if those two... I was going to say, what
0: does chaos look like if Oklahoma and Wisconsin lose?
4: Uh, big time, because then you have Ohio State with two losses would be screaming uh, and saying, we're the league champion, although didn't they not win the league championship Yeah, last I was just going to say
1: didn't Penn State get screwed <laughs> because of the same thing? Yes. Revenge so is, that, is,
4: that, is that's a dish, with this cold. the stupid stupid committee. I I don't think that they they really have set values that they use. They say we value conference champions and then Ohio State goes last right. year.
0: I've you rooted know. for chaos for years. I want the whole system to blow up so but that we it, end up with a real playoff.
1: But, but, but my theory is, is, is that the more chaos there is, the less likely that it's, that you're going to get what you want. I think they like the fact that everybody's talking about
4: it. Right, and the best thing about the college season, guys, is that it, literally every game matters. It really, really does matter. So that's the good part about having four. And even you can argue if they went to eight, it would do that. But the other thing is, these people talking about 16 the way, you know, the FCS does. They still go to school. The FCS does 24, I believe. Um, You're having all these problems with concussions and expanded football and all that. It's not going to be as popular. I I think think an eight-game playoff will one day, we'll see that. But I'm not sure it would go past that. Yeah, I agree with you.
0: I'd take eight. I'd be happy with that. Mark, we really appreciate you coming on. Hope that this uh, weekend uh, treats you well and gives you a place that you can go that is not Hawaii if you can't get out there.
4: <laughs> well, I'm not sure. I mean, I haven't even thought. I just know that that's a pretty expensive trip, and it's Christmas Eve, so uh, we'll we'll just have to, we'll just have to see what happens. You'll set yourself I, up to... with a
1: tree on the beach. Oh, then you'd miss the Eagles game. Oh,
4: no. yeah. Well, that's yeah. all right. Uh, you know, Two years ago, they went to Boca Raton, and that was an excellent trip. And that's, that's in the <laughs> running again this year, and they wouldn't mind going there.
0: Well, we'll put they your vote mind. in for that, Mark. I'm we'll, guessing, we'll let I'm guessing
1: you don't want them to go to the uh, pinstripe bowl. <laughs>
4: yeah, well, they <laughs> have the no shot at that. It, 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 all of it has a – you know, they're, they're in the American Athletic Conference, and their conference has tie-ins, primary tie-ins with seven bowl games and the four of the – that I mentioned, which also includes the Birmingham Bowl, are all affiliated with the league, and, and I think they'll go in one of them.
0: Well, we'll hope you get to a good place, and uh, I'd love to have you come back on maybe uh, before the, the bowl championship games and give your picks and give us a little more info.
4: Yeah, that'll be great. Thanks so much, Mark. Thanks. You have a great okay, one. Okay,
1: thank you. Okay.
0: So, Jeffrey, rooting for chaos?
1: I think there's going to be chaos. I, I, I do think Wisconsin's going to win, but I don't know if the other ones are going to win. Um, I, I want chaos, but... But I want to make sure that Ohio State's not in. <laughs> that's, that's really all that matters. Success tonight.
0: for you is and, if Ohio and, State and, loses. And, that's and, last and, week we talked about the Eagles beating Dallas, and yeah, that's success. Right. It's sort of the same thing for Michigan. Like you're having a bum season, okay. You'll feel better about yourself if Ohio State doesn't well, get well,
1: there. Well, plus for our show's sake, we we also want Alabama to get in because next week we're we're having Adam Mor- Phillies pitcher Adam Morgan on. He's a big Alabama fan, so we want him to be we,
0: happy. We, we want him to
1: be in a good mood when he comes up. So
0: you have ulterior motives. Here. Of
1: course I do. Okay, yeah. I see how it is.
0: Uh-huh. Um, is there a bowl game in particular that you'd like to see?
1: It depends on who's – I don't care where No, I mean, this go.
0: weekend – I mean, not bowl game, a uh, uh, conference championship game. Tonight, Stanford, Auburn. USC. Um, I want to see Auburn, Georgia. Yeah. That's the game that That's I want to see. That's the game that
1: matters to me. I mean, I do want to see the Wisconsin-Ohio State game because I want to see how good Wisconsin actually is. I think they're better than they've given they've been gr- given credit for. I really do. And I think that, that they're going to show that their defense is top-notch tomorrow.
0: All right. Before we go to break, I, I need to ask Brett on the other side of the glass a question. Are you a mush? What has happened to the Kansas City Chiefs since you decided donning their colors?
3: Andy Reid is a typical choke. He's choking. Don't blame like Andy Reid for
0: your team jumping.
3: <laughs> Wait, can I? Can I,
1: I? I'm about to prove your theory wrong. Okay, Brett. So last year, what was your team? The Chargers, and okay. now they're catching up to the Chiefs. So maybe it's that, that when
0: you that, leave a team, they start right. to play better.
1: They, that that was evil, easily provable that you are the cause for a whole city's dis. dis- last year, you made San Diego leave and go to they're LA not even in san diego anymore brett right. it's all your fault so next year kansas City's going to end up in like tacoma yo my brother
3: said i'm bad luck too by the way <laughs> well we <laughs> work now we, I can't work, go with we work with you we work with you every week and we'd agree watch with the Dolphins game
0: yeah we, we agree with your brother all right jeff lose. jeff um i need to ask you now i don't have a cheeser how did your giants make me feel bad for eli manning how is that even remotely possible Beca- because <laughs>
1: Bob McAdoo is one of the worst coaches. He could have been in, the Eagles' in coach. NFL history.
0: That's if and you if you look back, and we're going to talk Eagles next segment. Yeah.
1: The Eagles wanted to interview him. The right.
0: Giants wouldn't let him out the door. The and Eagles they should, ended up
1: with Doug. They should thank their lucky I, stars.
0: Th- I, I'm telling
1: you, I he has no clue what he's doing. And now what he's decided to Gino do. Geno Smith is your quarterback. It, is take a guy. You, do you realize the last time that the Giants had a somebody started quarterback? Was when George Bush was elected for his second term. Geno Smith is your quarterback. So, so in, so I get. Look, I've been saying if the season's over, play Davis Webb and see what you got. He was their third round pick. They're not. That makes sense. Playing Geno Smith makes no sense. You know what he is. He's not the long term future for anybody's team. Chances are somebody on defense is going to punch him out again. <laughs> Okay. And Chino, you better make sure you pay your bills. Otherwise, you're going to lose that starting job. All right. I'm going to let Jeff
0: continue going off on what happened to the Giants. I'm glad I could start that on the air. Stick Let's- with us on the hardest Sports. When we
1: get back, we'll talk a little legals. Talk a little more. Let's get Chino's phone number during the break.
3: Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339. Or visit on the web at www.NewJerseyShares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family.
0: Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. This is The Heart of Sports on 610 AM. I'm Jason Springer here in studio with Jeff Cohen. If you want to join us, give us a call,
1: 888-728-9941. But if you call in, you have to tell us where Okafor is. That's the deal. I, I, I will not be satisfied until somebody tells me where he is. Maybe he's out in uh, Ontario with the Flyers goaltender. <laughs> 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 All right. So he, he, He's not even. Can, can you just. I know you want to get to the Eagles. Why is he not even playing in the G League?
0: I think that they're worried that he's going to get hurt, and then they won't be able to trade him for he anything. He could get
1: hurt in his kitchen.
0: I agree with you. I mean, we've had that happen before players He's literally
1: atrophying.
0: Look, oh. I, I don't know what you want. I've stopped questioning it. I don't get it. I,
1: I This is not part of the process. There is <laughs> nothing about this that is part of the process. I'm trying so hard to keep a straight face while you do this, <laughs> and I just can't. He because- was the third pick in the draft. He's healthy. The process is not... Sit him at home and let him eat cheese doodles. I mean, what what is going on?
0: Maybe you should call the Sixers. You're a season ticket holder. <laughs> <laughs> call and say, um, I have season tickets.
1: Have you seen Jalil Okafor? Send I, him up to my seat. Look, I, I, am, a, I am a Sixers <laughs> ticket holder, but I, but I will tell you, they're not exactly, like, they don't coddle their season ticket holders. You don't feel warm and fuzzy? No, I don't. You don't feel the love? uh uh-uh, no. Other
0: organizations make you feel better about it? Yes. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, yeah well, the, the Phillies treat their season ticket holders pretty well. Is that because you're a baseball guy? <laughs> you just love the Phillies? No, or no I've had season tickets for a lo- lots of different sports. and uh, for, first I don't know what it is, but I, I don't see the Sixers staff really going out of their way. Well, we'll see if anybody yeah. wants to call and talk to you about it. So as
0: a Giants fan, how are you handling <laughs> this uh, Eagles season? Stop with the as a Giants fan. I'm just enjoying the fact that yeah. your team's not playing well at all.
1: It's okay. Season's over. I, I, went,
0: I, I did go to the Thanksgiving game. E- Eli is now running your scout team. I'd just like to point that
1: out. All right, so the Eagles. No, he's actually second string this week, but he was running the scout team this week because
0: uh, somebody posted a picture of his head on a Boy Scout's body, so I just couldn't help but laugh when I
1: saw it. But but the odd part about this is Davis Webb. It won't even be dressed this week. He'll be the unless he's the emergency quarterback. But Ben McAdoo says
0: he's not gonna regret how he did
1: anything. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me because Ben McAdoo doesn't know what you you have to know what you're doing in order to regret (laughs) it. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So the Eagles are 10 and one. They played sloppy.
0: At they times know what they're doing with some turnovers against mm-hmm. Chicago. But in the end, they they really were pretty dominant. They are on a nine game winning streak and have won their last five by double digits. It's the first team since the 2004 Colts to win four straight games by 23 or more points. Only the fourth team to do it since 1953. This is not what we predicted
1: at the beginning of the season. No, and, and the fact that they play so well on both sides of the ball is is what's so impressive. And I wouldn't even just say both sides. I space special teams as well. But you look at the offense and you have an Eagles team that is the best team in the NFL at the red zone. Tell I me mean, how good they it, just how th- th- good they been. They are so good th- that they have been scoring a, a touchdown on 71.79% of their trips. That's 28 of the 39 trips. They are the second be- the second best team is the Packers. They're at 67%. Here's what's amazing. Over the last six games, the Eagles are actually getting better. They're scoring at an 81% clip. That, that is, four out of five times that they get in the red zone, they score a touchdown.
0: Look, your quarterback leads the NFL with 28 touchdowns. The Eagles have put up 41 touchdowns this season, the most of the NFL. They only had 37 all of last season. So the numbers that this team's putting up is something that we haven't seen, and Give you know, us some it, Carson Wentz stats. You know, he's being mentioned with, with pl- names of players that you just, I mean, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, he's only the third quarterback in NFL history to have at least 25 touchdown passes and five or fewer interceptions in his first 11 games of the season. I mean, he's in a, an arena of, of being mentioned that I'm even hesitant to do. Like, you don't want to put those
1: expectations on a player, but he's played that way. It's not even an expectation anymore. You know, usually there's the quarterback with the sophomore slump. It's the opposite with him. He has gotten so good, and it's so impressive the way he handles himself on and off the field, the way he's handled himself with his teammates. I mean, he looks like not just a great quarterback. He looks like your leader. He does, and the way that
0: he manages the game at the line, um, I feel comfortable watching him call a game, and Mm -hmm. I I haven't seen that from an Eagles quarterback in, in a while. I don't even think I felt that comfortable when Donovan was doing it. I, I just didn't have that level of comfort that I do seeing
1: Carson Wentz kind of command a game back there. By the way, I don't know if you remember, but it must have been about six months ago. We were worried that there was no face of this city. Oh, now you've got faces all over the place. Now you have Joel Embiid with and the ben Sixers Simmons. and maybe Ben Simmons. I think, look, Embiid's got the personality. Yes, Simmons is a ni- likable person, but he's kind of dull. Embiid is the media darling, and you now have Carson Wentz, who's just taken over the city on the Eagles, perhaps. And he's really gotten a lot of national recognition. Yeah, it's really impressive how all of a sudden we've gone from this pit of despair to now we have stars in this city, real stars. And, And at a point where you're going to be able to
0: watch them grow. Yeah. And that's the exciting part. Let's talk about the defense in November for the whole month. Of November, the Eagles defense gave up one touchdown in the whole month. It's stunning. The Bears didn't get a first down in the first half
1: of again, their game. Then again, it's the Bears. The
0: Bears have a good rushing game. <laughs> if anything they have, Howard and Tariq Cohen are good runners. And that's been a strength are of the Who their team, running backs? Tariq Cohen and and uh, Jordan Howard. Yeah, I just wanted you to say I have again. both of them on my fantasy no, I, team.
1: I... I <laughs> <laughs> that's just it. I just so I
0: know that when they've had good seasons and they've had no good no but seasons, uh, but, but uh, against but Chicago, you need,
1: you're not going to let me say this. You have no idea how exciting it is for me to have a player with the last name Cohen. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's all I you mean, care about. Exactly. Is he your cousin, Tariq? No, long lost cousin <laughs>
0: that you didn't know you had. He so, is now. I, but okay, so against Chicago, the defense gave up six yards rushing. That's the fewest they've allowed in 71 years. <laughs> that's an average of 0. 0.4 yards per carry. Point 0.4, Jeff. Yeah. You can't get so any better than that.
1: You can get better than that.
0: They can't get better. There's
1: room for improvement.
0: They've only given up 491 rushing yards all season long mm-hmm. for an average of 2.9 yards.
1: All right. Now, here comes the controversy. What controversy? I don't know. Jay Ajay was complaining about something on this highlight. He was upset that he fumbled the ball. And uh, th- I think he
0: was more upset that he got caught from behind than his Madden rating. is going to go down for speed. <laughs> I think that's why he's really upset. Look, you're going to have that. I think more was made out of the media reaction to that than anything else. And I I enjoy Ray Diddinger, but he went on the TV afterwards. Yeah, you don't see him that animated. And he said, Don't sulk. And that's what started it. And no. Yes. Jay Ajay started it. Look. Ray Diddinger did not start the problem. I don't mind my running back being upset that he fumbled the
1: ball on his way to the end zone. I don't mind that. That's not what. Ray Diddinger and I don't think that's what a lot of people think was the problem. But they he don't was complaining know complaining that. that he didn't get enough carries. And if that's the issue, this wouldn't be the first time. Remember, he was left at home by his team once. He, he has been problems in the I past. I think this
0: is a controversy looking for an actual thing to go on.
1: Well, look, I hope you're right. I, I think you've got but But it's not, when you, this is what happens. When you have a history of being like that, it follows you, T.O., <laughs> so, so now you have this issue, and now Jay has got to put it to bed and realize that the best thing for him and the team right now is to have this running back, three-headed monster. I would include Corey Clement in that. Absolutely, he's, he's the change of pace. Did you see, back he got a BMW this week from his teacher. His guidance counselor
0: promised him that she would give him her BMW if he made the NFL. She kept that promise.
1: You know, it's sweet that she kept that promise. But doesn't, th- th- so doesn't that so she's walking be- to school now, and he's no, playing no, no. in the NFL but, driving her but, car? But, but but the bet that had to have been that the guidance counselor was going to say he would never make the NFL, I- right? Right, because that's, that's what he's not quite encouraging. That's my point. <laughs> why, why you gotta guy, look? Guy, why you gotta look on the bad side of it? I was trying to find the fun the side gu- of the story. I don't want a guidance counselor who's telling my him, man hey, a By BMW. the way, you're not gonna make your my goal. man
0: got a BMW, and all you're focused on is the it fact that he was told he wasn't gonna make himself. It was used. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> all right, so how does this team compare to past years? Uh, the margin of victory through 11 games, in 2017, is 14.5. In 2004, the team that went to the Super Bowl was 11.7. Their average score now is 31.9 to 7.17.3 in 2004 is 26.6 to 14.9. Mm-hmm. Apropos of nothing, <laughs> the totally different league, totally. But this team's putting up points and doing something that even past teams in this organization haven't done before. Right, and that and to watch that as a fan is is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So this Sunday night they'll play out in Seattle. I was pretty happy that. Uh, Baltimore won, so they didn't flex the Rams game to Sunday night mm-hmm. the following week because team's going to stay out in
1: L.A. this week. What are your thoughts
0: on what's going to go on against the Seahawks this weekend?
1: It's going to be a really rough game. I know that the Seahawks are depleted, but Russell Wilson's very good at home, and you cannot understate how intimidating that stadium is. It's, even though it's not a dome, it is just loud. Though
0: they went and played there last year, uh-huh. which I think is going to be helpful. Because it's not their first time going into that stadium. Mm-hmm. They know what they're going to get. I actually think it's a really good test for this team to see where they are, see what they've got. They're going on the road, hostile territory. I would
1: uh, Look, I would be okay. If they lose this game and it's close, and they, you know as long as they put up a fight, it might actually build some character. I think that it, there's something to be said for, for going through adversity. And you know, that's why every every year when Alabama loses a game, Nick Stam- you can see Nick Saban kinda smiling. Like now now I get to show the guys, and now I get to work on them and I get to be tougher on them. And I think that there's something to be said with that. And if you're gonna lose, now's the week to lose. Uh, as I, I think that's to you gotta, what's you gotta watch happen.
0: out though, because you know, you win one, you clinch the the NFC East, but mm-hmm. you're not that far ahead of Minnesota. You don't really have a cushion for home field advantage. You really want to keep I winning. I didn't tell them to lose. I'm no, just you, saying but I'm I wouldn't saying be you, surprised But I'm saying you do want to keep winning. You yeah. want to keep playing the way that you are, carry momentum through. I, I have concerns if you're 15-1 and one going into the playoffs. I'd prefer they lose somewhere along the way. But I'd like them to guarantee that they have home field locked up throughout. Did you happen to – I know you didn't watch it. Did you catch the replay? Because I texted you. I was watching Red Zone when it happened what last a crab Sunday. What
1: if Crabtree to Tlaib? T- the brawl that happened in the Raiders-Broncos game. I texted you. Yeah, well, so here, here's here's my my two thoughts on that. For, first of all, the fact that Crabtree taped his chain to his chest. I never understand why players <laughs> are wearing chains <laughs> while they're playing. Anyway, just but, my thing. I don't get it. Some but Talib did this last year, yes. so he taped it, knowing it was gonna happen and it again. Got ripped off again. And it still got ripped off. And the second thing is, how stupid do you have to be to take your helmet off? The other guy's got his helmet off, and on, you throw, and you throw at a at punch. At I've his always helmet.
0: thought that that was dumb. Yeah. But um, you had three <laughs> players ejected. Yeah. You had a brawl on the sidelines. And Runyon issued some suspensions. John Runyon gave suspensions down to people. And then they got reduced. They got reduced. <laughs> so they're now. <laughs> in a, a day. I don't understand yeah. that. It's like they give inflated suspensions uh-huh. to reduce them immediately. Normally, they don't suspend people after ejecting them in a the game like that. So, you know, there was real, the NFL realized that they, they wanted to do something about that. Mm-hmm. Um, starting to see some
1: divisions in the player protests. Going on in the league. Well, you ha- you have Malcolm Jenkins leading this group, uh, a large group of players, about getting money, millions of dollars from eighty nine million dollars. Yeah, I, I mean believe, that's that's towards nice. social causes and mm-hmm.
0: social justice and reform, and, and it's been an ongoing conversation with the league. Mm-hmm. And and again, we go back to, I believe that the point of the protest at the start was to make change and raise a point. And I've said to you all along. At what point have you started to make that change and raise
1: a point that you don't protest anymore? Well, they most of them think that now's the time. And this is the challenge that's, for that's coming up: is that not everybody agrees? Russ Rus- Russell Lacung, uh, if I'm pronouncing that right, is for some reason got a problem with it. Uh, a couple other players have a problem with it. I Eric know a, Reed of uh, San Francisco. Yeah, Olivia uh, Vernon said today that he's still going to kneel. He doesn't care what anybody thinks, and. Yeah, I found his response to be rather tone deaf. If you don't like it, don't come to the games. The whole reason yeah. you get a salary is because people watch and play your. I I know, and I and I don't understand that if that if something good can come of this, that's what you look. You aren't. You're not gonna. The NFL is not changing society. It can start a conversation and it can change communities. And Malcolm and that's can what's sit. going on with giving that money to the players so that they can work on those things. Is you have to change things as as you as you talk about in politics at the grassroots. You are not changing society through the NFL. You're changing communities, and that's, that's where they need to start. And now there is a start to that, or at least there's something, that, a seed that they can work with. And I don't understand why Eric Reed and Russell Okun o- and, and Vernon won't give it at least a chance before they go back. They can always go back to, to protesting however they, the way they want. Why don't they just try this? What's the point here?
0: I asked you at the start, and I ask this all the time in politics, what's your end game? Mm -hmm. Where can you plant a flag and declare victory? At this point, you've raised the issue. You've raised awareness. I don't know if anybody expected society to change overnight because somebody decided to protest and take a knee. But this is an issue that's talked about on a national level every day regularly. You've got the NFL interested and engaged in trying to come up with solutions. I just wonder at what point is it time to say, okay—
1: uh, I, we're doing it, making that progress. I just want Eric Reed to tell me because I haven't heard it yet. Maybe you can tell me if he actually said something. What the reason is behind they it? They
0: disagree with Malcolm Jenkins on a few things. I can't tell whether it's a personality issue between them or whether it's a legitimate. Yeah, but the, big but issue.
1: but you have to, if you're Eric Reed now, you you have to give the fans an explanation of why you're not going to at least try this.
0: Maybe one. we'll be able to bring it up on next week's show with Adam Morgan. Any final mm-hmm. thoughts?
1: It's going to be a hell of a weekend when it comes to college football.
0: I will be watching. We can't wait. Then Eagles-Seahawks Sunday night. We'll talk about it with you all next week. Thanks for joining us this week on The Heart of Sports. Make sure to join us next Friday night. Adam Morgan will help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. Bye-bye.